Hello and welcome back to Never Outworked, your podcast about, as it says, never being outworked. My name is Thano. I am your host. I just want to kick this off by saying thank you to everybody who has subscribed so far. Uh, We are a brand new podcast. We would love if uh, you could hit that subscribe button, share it on your social networks, and just let everybody know that, uh, hey, we got this new thing going. Um, so episode two, we are going to listen in to Alex Montagano, the owner of Lockstep Realty powered by EXP Realty. Got to get that in there. Um, talk about business planning. So it's, it's almost the end of the year. 2023 is right around the corner. What are you doing? What have you done to make sure your business is ready to succeed? Whether it's real estate, whether it's anything, um, it doesn't have to be a business owner. You can be anybody in business. Are you planning to succeed? Are you setting goals for yourself? Do you have a plan to get to those goals? Who are you surrounding yourself with for success? So let's take a listen into what Alex has to say and uh, dig in the discussion. And we'll come back at the end and chat a little bit more about that. All right, guys, let's get rocking and rolling. So today we're going to talk about business planning, um, what it is why you do it and then how you do it effectively. And oftentimes, you know, the reason you need a business plan and kind of the, what it really is, um, you know, follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road, right? Oftentimes we look around our real estate business and we don't know what to do, why to do things, when to do them, right? And what the business plan is, is it's your roadmap to tell you where to go, how you're going to get there. And when your business is slow on a particular day and you don't know what to do, you can look at your business plan and you can follow that and you can work off of those things. So one of the things that we often think about is like, how do we know what to do, when to do them? And I would suggest that a business plan is something along the lines of like your internal North Star. So when you set your annual goals and you work off your annual goals, you can then look and you can say, here are the things that I need to do annually. Here's what I need to do quarterly. Here's what I need to do monthly. And then I can put them into a weekly tracking system and I can work off those weekly goals and I can follow them weekly all the way down into a daily and an hourly schedule, right? So when we talk about them, we look at our areas of focus and we, and, and, to understand more how do we how do we determine these activities is we ask all of you and we, and we talked about it in our knowing our numbers section we talked quite a bit about understanding what your annual must have income looks like and so everyone's goals on this are going to be totally different but when we get into an annual goal if you say my annual goal is to make a hundred thousand dollars it's a great goal it's an incredible accomplishment in our business how do you get there? You can then say, well, I have an average sale price in the market of $260,000. That's what the median commission is or the median sale price with an average commission rate of 2.63%, which is what mine is. That takes about 22 transactions based on my commission structure and splits to get there. 22 transactions. 22 transactions is just less than two a month. What are the activities that I need to do over the course of a month to get two transactions a month? 
And so then you can look and you could say, do I need to get two a month? What do I actually need to do a quarter? That would be six transactions a quarter. But I think we would all agree that in the first quarter of the year, January to March is going to be different than April, May, and June is going to be different June, July, August. So then you can look and you can start tracking and, and evolving your business to understand, hey, look, my best months of the year are traditionally December, June, July, and August. So when everybody says, well, December is a really slow time of year, I can look and I have a tracking history that goes all the way back to 2013 that shows me I produce typically this much income or this much opportunity over the month of December. I know that traditionally February is one of my worst months ever. So I know that different activities need to happen at different parts of the year to generate the goals and opportunities that we look to do. So when you think, and we'll start to make this a little more interactive, so I'd love it if some people can jump in here. When you're building your business plan, what are the areas of focus that we look for? And oftentimes it's just sales. How do I sell more real estate? But what are other things that we're doing out there to build our business and then evolve the business past just how much real estate we sell? Somebody jump in and help here. I'd say a piece to this is uh, networking and relationships. So it's not always just about the numbers, but it's about having the connections within the industry, uh, fellow realtors, <sighs> fellow vendors, uh, and, and people who may not directly impact our business, but ultimately do impact our business. Okay. Somebody else jump in. I would say uh, staying connected to your clients, touching base with them on a regular basis. Love that. Two really good ones. What else, guys? Uh, for me, it's, uh, most people know, uh, automation. Um, I like to have a lot of digital uh, connections. You know, it's for me, it's making sure there's annual uh, touch points to all my clients in my database. Um, it's where probably over half my business comes from. And it, it, it leverages my time and gives my time back to me to go out and do the relationship style uh, grassroots approach. So automation, client interaction, networking and relationships, what else? Uh, Alex, I would say it's thinking about the things that I like to do or that I know I already need to do and how can I um, kind of incorporate my business into that. Oh man, I love that. I have a section on that later. So I'm going to put a pin in that and don't let me get off this without hitting on that one, Christy. So that's really good. Um, so I have four buckets um, that we're going to touch on today and we're going to blitz through everything. And then it's your guys' job to kind of take this and build out your own personal business plan from this. But I think the four areas of focus that we need to look at, number one is sales. Okay. And that would be how you're generating business, what your lead generation looks like. The second one is marketing, which all of you guys hit on. It's your content, it's your automation, it's your brand awareness, it's your relationships in the industry. And then when you look at your past clients, things like that, it's your team events, it's, it's all of those things that make you sticky. So when somebody does a transaction with you, they do the, they do the deal with you, they build a relationship with you, and they're a client for life. The next section I would tag is operations. 
That is your systems and process of, of how you run and operate your business. When you meet a buyer or you meet a potential client, what are the systems and processes that you take after that? How you do it the first time is how you should do it every time, right? So you meet somebody at an event, you send them a handwritten note, you schedule a time to get coffee, you talk about doing business, you do the buyer consultation, you go out and you show the house, you pen the property, you send the buyer checklist of the items that they should do, you work through the transaction, you send the thank you, congratulations, you deliver the Thanksgiving pie, you say happy holiday. Those are the things that we're talking about doing in terms of systems and processes. And that's what the operation side of things looks like. What does your business look like to expand that operation to make it so when you meet somebody, they feel like, wow, Alex treats me like I'm their only client. He never misses a beat. Every single time between November 21st and November 23rd, Monday to Wednesday, rain, snow, or shine, that pie is showing up from Taylor's Bakery on my doorstep and I can count on it because that's what Alex's systems and processes are, right? So that goes all the way down to servicing future, past, current clients, transaction system and processes, things like that. And then the last thing we talk about, this is probably one of the most overlooked sections of our business, is your finances, right? Knowing your numbers, we did a huge class on that. But then it's PL statement and analyzation, which gives you the opportunity to then reinvest back into your sales, your marketing, and your operation side of things. So if you go out there and you build out all these systems and you build out these operations and you and you generate all these sales and you can't service your clients in your industry, what then do you do when your clients say, gosh, Alex sold me a house in January. I never hear from him ever again. And then five years later, I call him again. And then I call him again. And then I never hear from him. And he's only there when it's time to do real estate. It diminishes the value of the relationship, right? So what we try to do is we try to generate the client. We build the relationship. We facilitate that relationship as a client for life. So what I would ask you guys is like, how do you determine what your need to do in all of these sectors, right? Some of you guys are brand new agents. Some of you are people that have been agents for 15 to 20 years. How do you determine what you need to do? So Thano, why don't you jump in and tell me how you determine what sections of your business plan that you work on to determine when you do automation, how you do automation, et cetera. Yeah, so um, for me, it starts with the numbers. Um, I know from my family standpoint, okay, how much do I have to make a year to take care of the basics for my family, our, our, our base budget. And then kind of like what you're talking about, I've got a full worksheet that shows, okay, for 2022, what was my average price point? It was 436,000. What was my average commission rate? It was, unfortunately, it's not as high as yours. It's like 2.14. Um, but that tells me, okay, Hey, I know exactly what I did last year. And I, to do that this year, okay, I need X amount of transactions. I need 24 transactions to make sure I get my family right. Then that also includes um, knowing, okay, for every transaction, I'm putting seven and a half to 10% back into the business. That's, you know, directly just stays in the business and just reinvest, reinvest, reinvest so that I have 
those funds to just grow the business. Um, and that includes paying for leads. That includes social media. That includes automation. That includes building out all of my systems so that I can take time and then take more assets and go do a coffee drop in my, in my community. You know, I, I find vendor partners, I find family members at their works or at their works, at their workplaces to then say, okay, hey, I'm going to go out once a month. I'm picking out one location throughout all of Indianapolis that I've got a personal connection to, whether it's a past client's workplace, whether they're doing a training, um, coming in for lunch and learns, all that type of stuff. I, I'm in the process of planning out 12 of those for January through December next year so that I know I'm getting out into the community at least once a month on top of getting all of my digital assets out there um, and planned out having quarterly, monthly, and annual content plan uh, in place that says, okay, I need to, I need to make sure I'm out doing uh, content, whether that's on a reel, whether that's on YouTube, whatever it is, and, and truly amping it up. This is the time. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with the nimble agent, nimble, nimble agent program with uh, Karen McMaster, but she preaches on, you know, get all your content in place, get as much evergreen content, and then fill in, you know, daily with relevant materials as well. Um, that's, again, in a nutshell, I could sit here and talk for hours on it, but having that plan and reverse engineering it back to what do my daily activities need to be? And that's, you know, again, I come in every morning. I've got two hours of marketing and prospecting from nine to 11 that's on my calendar every single day so that I get that reminder at 845 that it starts getting me in that headspace. Okay, I need to be at my desk sitting down to start doing my marketing and my prospecting. And that's what it boils down to for me. That's awesome. Thank you for all of that. That's great information. So oftentimes we hear people say like, I don't have time to implement that or I don't have the bandwidth to do that. And one of the questions I would ask back to that is show me what your calendar looks like. Let's look at your calendar. And in our industry, we're very reactionary to the client that calls and says, I want this right now, whatever that is. I want to talk about an inspection. I want to see a property. I want to list my house tomorrow. And so we react and we run to them, right? And then we take all these items that we say, here's how I build out my business. Here's how I structure and organize everything. And I build this out but I compromise all those things and I erase my whole schedule and then I move past it. And so what we have a lot of people's real estate businesses do that peaks and valleys, they go up, they go down, they go up and then they get the clients and then they spend all the time servicing them and boom, they all close. And that's like, oh my gosh, I need to ramp my business up. And it continues on and on. And it's the real estate roller coaster, guys. But how do you build the business that goes like this forever? Just up a little bit. And so one of the things I talked about, I had a real estate coach in 2017, and I said, how do you determine what healthy, proper growth looks like? And he said, Alex, give yourself a raise every single year until the amount of work that's required to generate that raise offsets the value in your home life or other things that are valuable for you. But set that raise somewhere in the ballpark of fifty dollars to $100,000 a year one of the only industries in the world that you can do that. And then you can go execute it based on the performance and behaviors that you take every single day. So that's something I always worked on. And it was, okay, I would use the previous year's metrics as a measurement to say, is the behaviors and patterns of what I'm doing every single day, month, quarter, last year, 
leading to me what I want to accomplish as a whole. So for some of you, you may want to invest in real estate. Is that in your business plan that it's a goal for you to accomplish that by the end of the year? People talk about vision boards. People talk about goal sheets. Is that in front of you as something that you want to accomplish it? So when January 1st hits and you're working towards your goals of the year, do you have somewhere that reminds you, you want to buy a buy and hold. I want to buy a rental property. If you don't see that and you don't think about that, you're going to get to quarter three and go, I didn't do anything. I didn't find it because I didn't take the time to look and didn't take the time to do it. And so oftentimes we don't have all this stuff mapped out. So for me, when I look at my what I want to do, I want to accomplish, we have team goals that we'd like to accomplish, transaction goals, and it allows me to go to our team and say, guys, we're not going to hit our goals if we don't do the small basic activities every day. And it's the basic activities like calling for sale by owners, visiting your past clients, dropping things off around the holidays, calling clients. Some of you that have been in the business for a long time, you could start making calls today and make five calls, 10 calls every single day to your past clients and database and say, I was just calling to check in and wish you a happy holiday season. I'm grateful for what you've done. I'm grateful for your relationship. And I just wanted to say, I hope you have an amazing holiday season. If you don't map out the time to do those things, you never do those things. And when you never do those things, you wake up in a market where things have scaled back and you feel overwhelmed and you say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I feel guilty calling my client. And then you call your client with nothing to say. Hey, Austin, it's Alex. <laughs> hey, Alex, what's up? Uh, nothing, just checking in. Well, everybody knows that the real estate market today is different than it was six months ago. If that's what you're calling and that's what your conversation is, that feels uncomfortable, it feels ingenuine, people don't appreciate that. But all of our clients, they want to talk to us. So where are you putting those things in your business plan from the standpoint of sales, marketing, operations, or finances, right? And so each has its own individual sector. And then what you do is you build those things out. So some people may have a budget for marketing. They may say, I'm going to invest, like Thano said, 7 to 10% to put back into my marketing budget every single year. The magical thing about the business plan, guys, is you write it in pen and you can cross it out and you can make tweaks and changes along the way to improve your plan. So for me, I had astronomical sales goals for our team. We've had some new team members join. We've had some old team members go start their own deal. My wife and I had twins, purchased investment properties. The markets changed and life changes. So then we look. And if we continue to beat the drum for the exact same goal over and over and over, sometimes that becomes unrealistic and it's unhealthy for the things you want to attain. So you tweak the goals, you tweak the expectations, and you tweak your activities to say, for us, we need to heighten our daily sales activity. We need to be doing more open houses. Guys, six months ago, we <laughs> nobody did an open house. Now, you should do them all the time. And then you should continue to do them all the time because the market will allow for it. Sellers appreciate it. There's opportunities with new clients. 
So who here writes business plans every year? Who works from them? Who does them? Does anybody work on them? Hey, this is Thano here coming to you for a quick content break. Are you guys enjoying this as much as I am? Well, if you are, smash that subscribe button, share us on your social networks because we would love to get more people just like you. Um, so without further ado, let's get back to the content, listening to what Alex and the gang are talking about for more business planning. Austin, yeah. jump in and talk a little bit about yours. Um, so it actually does hit upon the, the four categories that you you mentioned, uh, sales, marketing. My biggest piece of that is really expanding out the financial piece to the puzzle. Uh, so uh, just a, under two years ago, I was a transaction coordinator making under $50,000. Uh, and then to make that shift uh, and have the bump in, in my own salary that I'm paying out and putting into my business, uh, it's it's still in its infancy stage, but that business plan in, encapsulates all of the aspects of community and reaching out to people and pumpkin drops and the pie drops and all those things. So it truly is grassroots. Um, my area for development, like I said, is is finances and also then marketing. So initially when I started out, I was gung-ho with social media and Instagram and Facebook and a, a weekly learning opportunity about what's going on in inspections. And I got a lot of traction through that. And my business shifted uh, pretty drastically, as you can attest to, Alex, from Zillow-based leads to my own sphere. Uh, and that's just a testament of showing up every day and being out there and connecting with people. Yeah. So it's interesting you mentioned that. So one of the things that often people talk about is like, should you buy leads? Should you not buy leads? How do you determine if you should? And a lot of it has to do guys with like what you want to accomplish in your business. And there's some people in the, in the call today that want world domination and they want to sell $50 million worth of real estate. Some of you guys have families at home that provide limitations to, Hey, I'm a I'm going to work nine to five. And then at five o'clock, I'm going to go be with my family. And so the goals of what everyone have is totally different, right? So if you can look and you have disposable income in your business accounts that you should all have, and you track that and you say, I'm not doing enough business, sometimes paying for leads is the gas on the fire that allows you to accelerate those things. You can call your sphere, you can call your database, you can do open houses, you could door knock, you can do a million different things. But all those different avenues are determined based on what you want to accomplish as a realtor and as a business person. So for me, in 2014, when I had minimal commitments in my life, I was turning a corner with my business. I thought, how do I accelerate my growth? I want to accelerate my growth. I want to have more opportunities. I want to talk to more people. And I want to take my sphere that was like this with my friends. And how do I expand it and reach more strangers? I used Zillow and then I did a massive marketing campaign into the broader market where I sent out direct mail. So I followed those things together. I said, I've got like three broader listings. I'm going to buy 46220 zip code and I'm going to send out a mailer that shows how many houses I've sold in broader all at one time. That was reactionary to the success that I was having. When we're talking about business planning, guys, it's creating the roadmap in front. So right now, as a business, what we would look at is we would say, okay, there's a market shift that's happening. How many transactions are the expectation of our team to do next year? 
How do you want to get there? And then when you say, how do you want to get there? What are the things that we do? So for us, we know that every single month, we're going to send out a newsletter that highlights an agent of the month. So it gives relatable, connect, connectable content to our following. We're going to pay for Zillow leads. We're going to, um, we have client events that we do. And so in February, we're going to deliver cookies to our clients. At the end of April and the beginning of May, we're going to do a team event where we invite all of our clients out to an event and throw a big party. We're going to do an event in the fall, and then we're going to do a Thanksgiving pie drop. And then in addition to those things, we start implementing other activities to say, do we need to ramp this up or do we need to heighten other areas of our business? Guys, the last two years have created so many bad habits that we've just been reactionary to everything. Somebody calls, we show them the house, we produce the transaction and on we move to the next person. But as things scale back, we're going to have the time to invest back into our clients. Who writes handwritten notes that say, thank you for transactions? I'm guilty of it. I do not. Used to do five a day all the time. But when I look at my calendar and ask the question, I don't have time to do it. I choose not to do it, which is pathetic <laughs> because we aren't where we are without the support of others. Those are ways that you're consistently generating opportunity and reaching out to the people that support your business. So when you make these things non-negotiable and you say, we're doing the team event, we're sending the mailers out, we're sending the newsletter, you produce those that content. And then when you come into work every day, maybe you don't have any appointments. Maybe your calendar's empty. Maybe you need a break and it gives you the justification to take the break. But maybe your business is slow and you don't have anything. Look at your roadmap. Follow your North Star. Follow your Yellow Brick Road. And then do the work from there. So I talked to an agent a couple of days ago. He asked the question, how do I know how many for sale by owners I should call every day? How do I know how many expired listings I should touch base with? How do you know how many open houses you should do? It's all based on the goals and what you're trying to accomplish. If your business is slow, your activity should heighten. It should stay heightened. If your activity is heightened and your operations suffer, you should clean up your operation systems and processes. And sometimes that means you should be hiring an admin. So one of the things I put here is the more clients you get, the harder it is to enhance and improve your client experience. How do you do that? It's by increasing support. How do you know you should increase support? When things start falling through the cracks, it's almost too late. So those are how you do those things. It's all centered around the idea of giving you the quality of life that you want to accomplish. Austin wants to travel a ton. He wants to travel... He wants to spend time away from work. When he leaves work, he wants to be able to say, I'm leaving work and I'm taking a break, break because it's good for, for what I want to accomplish in my life. He's created systems and processes. So he, when he's in town, he works. And when he leaves, he leaves. And that's all based on the support that he leans on and he, he organizes and puts together. Who has some other things about their business plan that they do and that they find successful? This will be kind of quick. It's it's really piggybacking off what you guys have all said already. But basically, this is the time of year. 
every year where everybody feels just uh, take interest rates out of the equation where we all kind of feel, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off till spring. Hey, I'm going to hold off till spring. Okay, great. What am I going to do to not only like build my pipeline for spring, but like keep that relationship going. I was just telling uh, Crystal this morning, it's the consistent texting. It's, Hey, I thought about you. Hey, how's the house? It's, it's, it's not a, um, a business reach out. It's, it's more like me coming at you as like, Hey, that was a great transaction. I haven't talked to you in a month or so. I just wanted to check in how you guys settling in, or we're doing our pride drop pie drops the week of Thanksgiving. So I'm going to send out 50 to hundred text messages. Hey, I'm saying hi now. And I'm also just, just look for a pie on your front doorstep in two weeks. It's going to be there just like every year. And it's those consistent messages right now that set you up for a successful quarter one. It takes the guesswork out of what you got to do in your job, right? So like for Daniel, his business is in a different position now than it was a couple months ago. So he says, I have these goals that I'm going to attain and accomplish next year. I have the time this month to buckle down and do the work. So he could either go home and play on his Nintendo Switch, which he does sometimes. It's okay. Or... You can track and work towards the plan in your North Star, right? Who else? Jared, do you have a business plan? Yeah. The the one thing that I've been working through right now is organization and systems and processes, kind of like you talked about, um, and gearing myself up to where when I get a client under contract, everything that happens from the time that they sign the paperwork to this time that they close, like there's an order for that and there's a process for that. Um, early on in my career, I didn't have as much of that in place. And now that I'm getting that in place um, for when times do pick up, um, I'll be ready for as many clients as I can take on at the time rather than trying to do it as I'm gaining clients and gaining traction. So that's one thing I've been working on. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like oftentimes where we hire when things start to fall through the ca- cracks or when your spouse says all you do is work or your kid looks at you and says, Hey dad, like, can you play with me? Or I think Thano, you told me yesterday, your daughter asked, Hey, do you have to go to work today? Right. They're all reactionary things where you start to go, ah, oh, man, I think I may need to tweak and change some of the goals I have in my life. We react to that, right? How oftentimes can we look and, and, and take the gall to say, I'm going to hire somebody to be two steps ahead of the operation. And and it's kind of a chicken or an egg thing. That's a personal preference. Um, But for me, like I worked until my bandwidth couldn't take it anymore. And then it was like, then I brought in an admin and then, you know, six years later, I bring in, you know, Daniel as a support. And it's all because how do you increase the bandwidth of what you're trying to accomplish? And like I said, guys, this all has to do with your own personal goals and accomplishments that you want in your life. If, you are a family person, you're not going to have the same goals that Jared Cowan does, who's a single guy pursuing incredible opportunity and wants world domination. That's just different. You don't have the family, you don't have the commitment, you don't have this, so you can run and build your business as fast as you want. But that's the key is it's all as fast as you want. So when you write your business plan and you see somebody else say, I want to accomplish this, it's not a competition against the people that are trying to accomplish that. You have your plan that you work towards and then something will happen in your life along the way and it will change the plan of things you want to accomplish. And that's where you take your business plan out and you make the tweaks and changes along the way to improve what the roadmap looks like. 
And sometimes you hit the fork in your business and you get the choice to make, am I going to go this way and double down on leads and opportunity? Or are you going to do what I did today? And that's call Zillow and say, hey, Zillow, you've been a great partner for a while. We're not going to spend as much money as we're going to spend because the market slowed, the lead flows down, and our agents are focusing on personal relationships that they've already developed and grow, growing their business through that. That's how you can effectively make those decisions. They're not reactionary to the money that's in your bank account. They're proactive plans that you can make based on market conditions, goals of your business, what you're trying to accomplish, things like that. Who else does some business planning? They'd like to share some things. Nobody. Man. How about how about organizations that people are um, aligning with that might potentially lead to uh, some business planning? I think that's a a, a major opportunity, and we. Uh, within, you know, EXP, uh, specifically having gone to EXPCon, uh, have some opportunities there to kind of expand outside of what we know as our industry, specifically in real estate and thinking a little bit more at a global level. Go on that a little further. Um, so, for example, <clears throat> I have aligned with the LGBTQ plus uh, Real Estate Alliance, which is a worldwide organization and does not yet have a chapter here in Indianapolis. And so my goal for 2023 is to develop and build out that chapter uh, to attract um, and bring more awareness to some of the opportunities within the community of ensuring um, you know, fair housing and uh, equal opportunity for minority communities. So yeah, that's amazing that you're doing that. And kudos to you for taking that on. That is like, it's very cool. And it's a, it's a big challenge, but it would, if, if you're passionate about it and it's something that's important to you, it goes in your plan and it goes on your board and it goes on your wall. And it's something that you pursue and how you approach your business every single day. And so what you then do is you weigh that that growth and development versus your transactional sales goals versus your personal goals. And you look and you analyze where the push and the pull comes to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So as somebody that owns rental properties, flips houses, has twins at home, and your wife looks at you and goes, hey, can you put your phone away and talk to us? instead of talking to the investor and talking to the opportunity, you have to understand and you have to determine that there is only 24 hours a day and there's only so many things you can choose to accomplish and you organize the priority list of what you're trying to attain. Mm -hmm. So I, I completely agree with that. And I think it goes back to, and I'd like to circle back to Christy's point that she made earlier about doing the things that she likes to do. So, so often we think about what are those abstract things that, what do we got to do to differently to bring on business and, 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 and build our plan when we actually do them every day, if we slow down enough to evaluate the daily routines that we, we have. So one of the agents on our team that I'm doing individual trainings with this month, we took and we broke down and I said, you know, I want you to build your yellow brick road. And what I want, how I want you to build it is we want to start with the things that you love. What are the things that you love to do? And for some people, that's cold calling expired listings. 
for sale by owners, things like that. Then what are the things that you like to do? I like to call my past clients. I like to touch base. I like to do automation. I like to work through KV Core and I like to send out handwritten notes. Okay, what are things that you don't really like doing? Oh, man, I don't really like networking events. Um, I don't really like delivering pies Thanksgiving week because it's a lot of work. And then what are things that you hate doing? Man, I hate the idea of door knocking. Some of you will say, I hate the idea of cold calling. And you look at that and you build your business plan out the things that you love first, because if you love them, it makes it easier to do it. The things you like second, don't like third and hate, you try to keep them off the list. But then if you look at your business and you say, I'm not getting the goals and I'm not hitting the opportunities that I want, I need to expand my reach. You start going down the list and start trying to change your mindset on those things at the bottom of your list. Why do you hate expired listings? Why do you hate cold calling? I've never had any success with it. I had a coffee a couple of weeks ago with an agent that said, open houses don't work for me. I did 20 of them. They don't work. I don't like them. If it worked, you'd like it. So we're measuring our happiness and our commitments to the actions that we have the most success with, right? So what if you change some of your scripts in an open house and you had somebody train you and support you and help you? And you could say for two hours every Sunday, you could pick up one new client a week. I would love that. So that would go from the hate list of no success to the love list of something I do every single week. And then as you do them, it changes the joy of how you approach your job. So for me, these trainings are something we implemented like, I think it was like eight weeks ago. Social media content that I'm trying harder to produce was something I was like, I'm going to show everybody that I can produce a business without having any social media content. And for a long time I did, but also now I look at it and say, I used to hate it. It used to give me anxiety when I had to like pull a picture and put it on Instagram because it's like, how many typos are in my caption and how many chins are people going to see that I have today? Is it two or three? So like, it would give me this, like, oh my gosh, my heart's beating through my chest. Like there was one time I couldn't even get an Instagram post out and I gave my phone to Daniel and I said, take over my Instagram account. I can't do this anymore. Literally, I, I was stressed the max. And I see like some of you guys do like unbelievable things. And then it's like, oh, I kind of want to play around in this. And now I do it and there's, I enjoy it. It's fun. I'm actually going to start producing short form content because it's like a new challenge into my business. And it's something that I hated. And I'm going to learn to like it and love it because I Sarah, think it's Sarah, can you weigh in on that? Sure. Um, <laughs> frankly, um, I've really leaned into marketing because I unfortunately don't have much business going on. I haven't been doing systems. So I decided to ramp up the one thing I can control. Um, and I decided I, I bought a notebook and I write out every week, um, every Saturday or Sunday, I say what I'm going to post for that day, what days I'm going to do reels. I batch content. I haven't recorded a reel in a couple weeks because I did 10 at a time that made it so much easier. Um, and I, I was just telling my friend this morning, am I not doing enough informative content? Um, but I try to mix. I, I love humor. I love comedy. That's my personality. Um, so if you're not going to like it when I post it, you're not going to like me. So I'm just doing what I think is funny and what I enjoy. And that's going to get me to do it. Um, I'm embarrassed every time I post it, 
Um, you know, I have a college degree. Now I'm making content for business. Um, so that's a little embarrassing. But um, once again, I just I do what I like and that'll get me to do it. And if I like it, I can't be the only one. So hopefully I'm just finding the right person who enjoys it as well. So what's really neat about that is it's like, these are the things that I love. And then it's like, am I not doing enough informative content, right? So if you look and your personal brand has not grown in the next 30 days with all the content you're producing, what's the tweak and change that you get to make, right? Can I shift from real to TikTok? Can I do informative versus comedy or a mix of both? Can I try the exact same thing with a different voiceover or song playing in the background? And so those are the small tweaks and changes. And then if your business isn't growing fast enough or at the rate that you would like it to, you can then back up and go, what are other things that I can be implementing into my business that can help support the personal brand that I'm building? So if I do reels and TikToks with comedy behind it, what is the next thing I can do? And if you can do not only one thing at an incredibly high level, but start implementing three, five, six opportunities that you stick to. And these are the things that I always do. Rain, snow, or shine. That's how you build a business. It's about owning a business for being a salesperson, right? So awesome, Sarah. Great job. Thank you. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to provide about their business plan? Cool. Quiet crowd today. Alex, I would say it takes longer than you expect to get things done. So I think it's important that you're starting this in November because that that's my biggest thing is I have it on the list and it usually takes me a lot longer than I initially thought to get it accomplished to what I expected. Yeah, I think you nail it on the head, Jimmy. I think one of the things that we often do is we sit down to build a plan or we build an operation or we have a meeting. And at the end of the one hour, we expect that we're going to have the direction that we want and we can take it and run forever. And, and that couldn't be further from the truth. I think oftentimes, look, you're, you're looking to build a personal brand and a business for a lifetime. There's an initial sit down. And once you start thinking about it, you're going to finish that sit down and then you're going to go do something else. And a couple of days later, you're going to say, oh my gosh, I'd love to try that. I'm going to put it on my list. And you build out your list over time and you keep building it. And then maybe you say, I had, I have two kids, like I'm not doing an open house on a Sunday. And if I am, it's going to be like pulling teeth with my wife to get me to break out of the house for a couple hours. There's a negotiation that I got to make there to be able to go do that. You then take that off your list. You add something else in and say, these are things that I'm going to do instead in place of the time that I would spend doing that. And so as you build it out, the longer that it takes and the more time that you spend doing it, the more you can find, hone that in to make sure it's exactly what you want to do. Wow. That was a heck of an ending to another great episode, man. We are getting into some great topics. Um, I know <laughs> I took two or three things away from that again, that I will go back and tweak my 2023 plan. Uh, we hope you're able to pull one or two nuggets out of that discussion that can help you improve your plan for next year, grow your business, become a better employee. However you want to apply that, we hope that you pulled something out that will make you a better person. Um, again, 
next year. It's so close. We're a couple weeks away. Uh, we want to get one more episode in. We had a chance to sit down and chat with Joe Lucas, who owns Affordable Staging. He is one of the premier home stagers in all of central Indiana, as well as he has a secondary location down in Tampa, St. Pete. Um, he's been a, in this business for over 20 years as a realtor and home stager, so there's no better person to get on the microphone and chat and ask questions to um, about what it takes to properly have a home staged before it sells and why that helps a home sell better and for higher dollar amounts. Um, there's so much emotion, so much psychology that goes into this process. I can't wait for you guys to hear some of the great pieces of advice Joe has for us. So. Uh, if you want to catch that, make sure you hit that subscribe button, smash it, share it, get us out there on all your social channels because we want more listeners just like you. So signing off, this is Thano, your host. And again, when you're out there in the workplace, never be outworked.